0: I hope all of you guys are doing well here in the house of the Lord. Um, we've all started this series, and if you're standing, feel free to take a seat. We've started this series and we spent some time in this series. It's the the series that we've been looking, where we've been looking at the book of Luke. And uh, we have seen that Jesus is pretty awesome. He is God's Son who has brought freedom and healing. Jesus has come to set us free, set the oppressed free. And he seems to be such a marvelous person. Most of us want to be in contact with this person, to know him personally. But can we even know him? When we look at him, when we look at Jesus, we see majesty We see royalty. We see holiness. But can we even approach him when we have vile thoughts? And if you have your Bibles, uh, please open it up with me to Luke 5.27. Luke 5.27. Uh, This passage takes place after Jesus, as a good rabbi, had picked some of his disciples and uh, we know the entire group as the 12, deci- uh, the 12 apostles. And this is a so- short passage that I just want to read today. It is an interesting story, and maybe you already know this story. But Luke 5, 27 to 32, you could find it on your phones. If you have the Bible app, you could also find it on the screen. I'll be reading from the NIV, and it goes like this After this, Jesus went out and saw. A tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and Today, we are going to talk about sinners and Jesus. We wonder, what would Jesus want to do with someone broken like me, someone corrupt like me? But here we see something remarkable. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. Isn't that something? Here is the king of the cosmos. He is perfection. He is holy. His majesty is beyond our comprehension. Yet instead of feeling holier than thou or being inaccessible, he's the opposite. Jesus goes to those whom you would think would never meet him. Jesus went out to meet with Levi. Some have identified him as the Apostle Matthew. Levi was a tax collector, also known as a publican back in the day. Tax collectors did not have a good reputation. They were not like tax collectors of nowadays. Maybe you have a bad view on the IRS. and Yes, they do connotate that, but it's much more, it's worse than that. Don't think of a person who helps you with your taxes in the coming months. no. Tax collectors had a bad rep. Some of the attacks they received were warranted. They deserved those attacks to a degree. Tax collectors, they exploited the poor. They took money from the poor. Tax collectors were corrupt. You see, the Roman government had set up tax collectors around around the land, and the government would require the tax collectors to collect a certain amount of money depending on the population of the land. So whatever extra the tax collectors would charge, that would be their profit. The tax collectors had to fulfill a certain quota, and whatever extra they gathered would be theirs. So if a tax collector had to collect, say, a million dollars, he told the people they needed to pay two million dollars so that he could make a million dollars for himself. They were scam artists. They profited on lying and overtaxing fellow countrymen. And they they worked for the oppressive rule of Rome. So of course they would have a bad reputation. Of course people would despise and even hate Levi. You might say that people believed Levi was unforgivable and a traitor to the people of Israel. But yet, Jesus sought out Levi. Jesus went out of his way to meet someone who was corrupt. We might be reading this and think, no, Jesus, this is bad for your public image. Continue healing, but don't go to corrupt people. Yet Jesus did not only go to corrupt people, but he also called corrupt people. Jesus went to the tax collector booth, looked at Levi, someone who was viewed as corrupt, dishonest, and someone who abuses authority. Jesus intently looked at that person, looked at Levi, and he told him, follow me. This is the call that we all have to answer. And sometimes it's quick, and sometimes it's a journey. But we have all seen Jesus, the Son of God, through the scriptures. And he makes this call to us, broken people. He says, follow me. And many people choose not to follow. But in our story, Levi decided to follow Jesus. This corrupt person, Levi, he knew that he couldn't give up an opportunity to follow this teacher named Jesus. In fact, Levi left everything. Levi was sitting as a tax collector. But then he stood up as a follower of Christ. He left his corrupt way of living to follow the Son of God. Levi, it, it, it's very important to note how Levi responded. Levi did not make a spoken confession of faith in Jesus as so many churches and, and nominal or so-called Christians solely do. That's the only thing they do. No. Yes, it, it's important to confess one's faith, but note the response of Levi. Levi was obedient. He responded. He decided to follow Jesus told Levi follow me and Levi followed him and today Jesus makes a similar call to us yes you believe that Jesus is the son of God but will you follow him will you follow Jesus the response from the scam artist is admirable To leave everything for a rabbi, for a teacher, sounds crazy. But there's something about Jesus, something marvelous about him, that sometimes it doesn't matter what you got going on, you're just going to leave everything to be with them, to follow him. It doesn't matter where Jesus takes you, you just want to be with them doesn't matter where he goes you'll follow jesus is enough to inspire a tax collector to leave his evil doings and you could tell that levi was happy that he had met jesus he threw a feast a party for jesus and instead of immediately cutting off his old friends levi invited his tax collector friends and others to his house so that they could meet Jesus. This was a group of the worst. And here we have Jesus at a party with the worst, eating with them. The holiest of holies was with the lowest of the low. Jesus partied with them. Jesus Ate with them. Not only does Jesus meet with the corrupt people, but, but he also eats with them. He doesn't just meet them and call them, but he also spends time with them by eating with them. Remember back when we spoke about the kingdom and hospitality, we saw that eating was a way where, where we could show that a person is valuable to him. Eating with others transcended uh, through hierarchical and social boundaries. Eating together communicated that we are socially equal. When you eat with someone, this was especially true in Jesus' day. When you ate with someone, you're telling them that they are worth your time and you're affirming their dignity. It would have spoken Volumes to Levi and his friends that the Son of God ate with them. Levi and his friends were demonized, and here is Jesus eating with them, showing them love and care, showing that he didn't think he was too good to hang out with them. Jesus Could have just talked about showing kindness to the marginalized. He could have just taught it. He was a master teacher. But Jesus didn't just teach about it. He did it. He ate with the corrupt. Jesus unified himself to these people who were unrepentant, who were unclean. All of this is crazy. It would have been crazy enough to hear about a rabbi eating with criminals, but here we have the son of God eating with sinners, sinners who who, who had broken the guidelines of God. Of course, this would cause some sort of uproar, especially with the leaders of the culture, the gatekeepers. We haven't spoken about these characters, but they have already appeared in Luke, and they are known as Pharisees and teachers of the law. And to be honest, if we grew up during Jesus' time, we would be under these teachers and we would follow them. The Pharisees were expecting the Messiah, but didn't like that Jesus was the Messiah. They didn't like how Jesus was the Messiah, the type of Messiah that Jesus was displaying. They didn't like how the Messiah, how Jesus, was eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners. Sinners and tax collectors and the perspective and the eyes of the Pharisees were outside the boundaries, beyond the margins, too far from God. The Messiah shouldn't be eating with sinners and tax collectors. No, the Messiah should be eating and drinking with them, with the Pharisees, with the religious leaders, and those who are allegedly pious or holy. But Jesus didn't care about what the religious leader said instead he cared more about spending time with sinners he cared about proclaiming the good news to the poor the tax collector and the sinner Jesus didn't care about people saying that he was guilty by association just because he ate and drank with sinners I wonder if Jesus was physically present with us, would he care about what the religious church leaders say? Or would he spend time caring for those who are corrupt and broken? The early church believed that Jesus would care for sinners. And thus, the early church was known for how inclusive it was at its time fellowship table D.O. Bach, a scholar he said this, the people of God are called to reach out to those who previously were thought to be excluded from the hope of salvation it really puts things into perspective it's interesting to see that Jesus got out of his way to meet those whom people thought we outside the boundaries of companionship. You couldn't be friends with the, these type of people. But here we see Jesus. Jesus wants to include those who have been excluded. But why does Jesus do this? Why does Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does he Drink with them. Jesus said, the healthy have no need for a physician. But the ill do. That's true. We typically don't go to the doctors when we feel good. We only go when we feel sick. And the reason that we have doctors is that we have people who are sick. If everyone was healthy, there would be no need for doctors. But there are sick people, and that's why we have doctors. And how ridiculous would it sound if a doctor never went to those who were sick? If a doctor only went to those who were healthy? (laughs) That would sound ridiculous. In Jesus' case, he came not to the righteous, but to the sinner. If everyone was righteous and perfect, just like we would have no need for a doctor, we would have no need for a savior. We would have no need for Jesus. But the fact is that sin corrupts the hearts of people. And that is why Jesus has come. He has, come, he has not come to those who have it all together or rather who appear to have it all together. It would be ridiculous if Jesus only went to those who, who were whole, who were healthy. There is no need for Jesus to heal the brokenhearted there since hearts are already complete there. But the reality is that Jesus came to heal the The hearts that have been corrupted by sin to change broken lives. Sinners are the special targets of the gospel. That is why Jesus came to this earth. Cyril of Alexandria, he wrote this. He wrote on the interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees. But for what, reasons do, what reason do the Pharisees blame the Savior for eating with sinners? Because it was the law to distinguish between the holy and the profane. That is, holy things were not to be brought into contact with things profane. They made the accusation, therefore, as if they were vindicating the law. Yep it really was envy against the Lord and readiness to find fault. They didn't like Jesus. But Jesus shows them that he is present now, not as a judge, but as a physician. He performs a proper function of the physician's office, being in the company of those in need of being healed. Now, Jesus came to be with sinners, to love them and heal their hearts. Jesus said that he calls sinners to repentance. Jesus saw Levi, approached him, and ate with him. And Levi began to change. That's what true repentance is. Levi was no longer going to exploit people. He realized that he cannot follow his own greed and follow Christ simultaneously. Hence, he turned away from greed and riches to follow Jesus. Jesus removed the mark the devil had left on him. Cyril of Alexandria, he also said, Levi was a publican, a tax collector, a man greedy for dirty money, filled with an uncontrolled desire to possess, careless of justice in his eagerness to have what did not belong to him. Such was the character of the publicans. Yet he was snatched from the workshop, workshop of sin itself. And saved when there was no hope for him. At the call of Christ, the Savior of us all. For Jesus said to him, follow me. And he left and followed him. What most wise Paul says is true. That Christ came to save sinners. Do you see how the only begotten Word of God, having taken upon him the flesh, transferred to himself the devil's goods? Jesus Himself, He came to set free people who belonged to Satan. He came to heal not only those who have been sick physically, but also those who are sick spiritually because of the serpent's poison. And Jesus, he welcomes you as you are. He takes you in as a doctor, but he won't leave you where you are at or as you are. And this is a good thing. Imagine if a doctor left you as you are. She welcomed you, talked about your problems, and nothing changes in you. That would be a bad experience. You continue to have the problem, the illness. And Jesus is not a bad physician. I think we need to be honest with ourselves. There is some horrible stuff within us. And God needs to clean that. Today know this that Jesus has come to this world not to save the perfect but to save the imperfect. And let's all be honest. We are all imperfect. We are broken. We act out of greed on self. This this has happened since the very beginning with the first humans. But Jesus has come to this world to save you. To get you out of that dirty, devilish workshop. To bring you to the presence of God. He has come to this world for you. To heal you. His healing is not just physical, but it's also spiritual. He wants to heal you so much so that he came to this world. In fact, as C.S. Lewis has said, when he died in in the wounded world, he died not for men, but for each man. If each man had been the only man made, he would have done no less. In other words... If you were the only one in this world, Jesus would come to this earth and die for you. Because he so loves you. He cares about you. He wants to eat with you. And I think the best response to this love is to repent. Just like Levi did. Leave all the old things behind. And follow him. I pray that you would do that wherever you find yourself. I pray that you would repent and turn away, leave everything behind. I pray that you would know Jesus and his loving power. I pray that you would see that Jesus wants you to be part of his community. I pray that you would recognize that you are broken and in need of healing. But I I, I also pray that you would recognize and go to the one who heals the brokenhearted. I pray that you come to Jesus just as you are. He accepts you as you are. The Pharisees, they don't accept you. The Pharisees say you must repent first and be accepted in the kingdom into in the kingdom and into the kingdom fellowship. Jesus, however, this is the fundamental message that he had. It says, "You are accepted. Now repent and believe." Jesus accepts you. He forgives you. There's a story. Of this man who was very sad because he believed that he could never receive forgiveness. But one morning he went to church and there was this old sea captain who was praying with such a great passion. The man thought that he had seen this captain before. When the captain stopped praying, the man recognized and said to himself, This is the captain who I heard cursing up a storm. I have never heard a man swear as he did. And now I have never heard a man pray as he did. And the man concluded, if God can save a man like this captain, who was a great sinner, I am sure God can save a person who has also sinned. We have seen Levi receive salvation, receive freedom. He was a tax collector. He was a liar. He was a scam artist. He profited from his dishonesty and abuse of authority. But if God can save someone like him, he can save someone like you. He can, you can follow Jesus And experience freedom. Give your life to Jesus. We we are going to sing a song in a few moments. And take that time to pray and follow Jesus. Declare that you will follow him wherever he goes. Even if you're at home. Do that. Join us as we sing. As we pray. As we declare. As we respond to God's word. Give your life to Jesus. When you go to the doctors, you put your life in their hands. Likewise, put your life in the hands of Jesus. It's not too late. It's never too late. If you are alive today, you can approach God's mercy and healing power. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we don't have the words to describe the love that you have for us. That while we were still sinners, you died for us. Jesus, you you came to save sinners. And Lord, we need salvation. The pain, the the hurt that comes with sin, with the poison of the serpent. It hurts. It brings destruction. It brings hurt to this world. We need salvation. And you have called all of us out of your abundance of grace You have called us to follow you. We have the great opportunity, even though we are brokenhearted, even though sin and the poison has dealt within our hearts, you have given us an opportunity to follow you. And I pray that we will. It's not an easy road and we will fall. But as you show over and over, you have given us grace and we will not use that that grace that you give us as a justification to continue sinning, to continue working as a tax collector. No, we use that grace to follow you even more. I pray for everyone here that they may see you and recognize that just as Levi did, that you are are enough. You are enough for us to leave everything. You are enough for us to leave our old ways of profiting from doing wrong. You are enough for us to follow. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.